Welcome to the Wise Birth Radio. We are women, students, and mamas exploring healthy pregnancies, empowered birth, nurtured postpartum, and natural parenting from a holistic, intuitive, and grounded experience. We share knowledge through interviews, stories, and musings. We hope to inspire you to take charge of your childbearing journey for yourself and your family. This show is intended to spark your own curiosity and encourage you to listen to your body, your baby, and your intuition. I'm Mabel. And I'm Sarah. And we are your hosts on Wise Birth Radio. Hello, everybody. Today's a very special day because we have our first guest on the show. Very special guests, Ishelle Prisma and Jerry Walsh, um, who are our dear friends and neighbors and community members. And we're just so excited to hear about your story, your conscious conception, and really beautiful journey through pregnancy thus far. So do you guys want to say hello and give a little introduction to who you are? Sure. Thank you for hello. having us on the show. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Ishelle, and um, my husband, Jerry, and I are... Um, shamanic practitioners, sound healers, musicians, um, and just students on a spiritual path. And we have recently made the the leap into the deeper level of our relationship by deciding to have a baby together. So I'm mm-hmm. currently 38 weeks pregnant and any day now, <laughs> ready to pop. Hi. Uh as Shell said, all of the above. And in addition, we're both musicians. I teach hip hop to kids, so I really enjoy to beatbox. Kind of like, <laughs> just to do that. <laughs> so I like to teach hip hop to kids. And uh, really happy to be here with you guys and just talk about the process. Yeah. Thank you. So exciting. And Shell, you also have done quite a bit of work and training with some special people in the jungle. Is that correct? Yeah, I studied for about four and a half, five years um, in the indigenous tradition of the Shipibo tribe in the Mm -hmm. Amazon jungle and underwent a lot of really beautiful initiations with them and uh, received a lot of very beautiful healing and insight and knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where my journey began. And then from there, um, I've kind of branched out and started studying all of the different indigenous traditions of the world and mm-hmm. their practices and their ways. So. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And Jerry, you also have a fair amount of experience and practice with meditation also, right? Yeah, I went to uh, India, Nepal, and Bhutan. I was really, really into Buddhism. I still am, and I was studying it as deeply as I could in college so I went there for a year and did a Buddhist pilgrimage and I went there with the intention I was kind of in a strange place in my life of transition and I was like I'm either going to become a monk or I'm going to live some kind of an ascetic lifestyle but the main thing that I was looking for was a teacher at the same time when I went over there I was like if it opens up in some sort of a cosmic alignment for me to move into a monastery then I will just do it uh I was kind of approaching it from that place of jumping off and I did never found myself living in a monastery there but did learn a lot about Vipassana meditation and then came back to the States and happened to actually meet my teacher in New York City, Maestro Manuel, our teacher, all four of us here, 
and the connection of what I was looking for when I went to India, I kind of found through uh, working with him. And so that brings us all together here. Yeah. Thank you. You guys have such a beautiful synergy of all your tools and wisdom. And I think that this is so important because, I mean, you've had a, f- I'm, it's not for me to say really, but I've, I've got to witness you through your process and I feel like the tools and the wisdom that you've gathered along the way has been so beautiful to see how you've how for maybe some people could have gotten really stuck on some challenges and how you've just been able to go in and just like bring out these gems of transformation and wisdom and then come out on the other side so and I think so much of that is due to a lot of the work that you've done the past few years on yourself and um so yeah really excited to get into that and um so let's just start from the beginning I suppose that would be preconception even I guess I just want to ask like did you guys think that you were going to have kids always did you have any plans do you have any communication amongst yourselves or with any spirit babies before you decided to conceive I can start I personally growing up didn't want to have kids at the same time that also came from like a perspective of having no understanding of what it meant to be around kids uh, the first time that it really clicked with me that I was like ready to do it and felt really clean in my understanding of why and how to do and all that sort of thing was uh, two years ago I did a 10-day vision quest was out in the forest for 10 days had very little food or water no social contact really was just in a small space and meditation and I remember coming back rather before I came back just my meditation was just like a lot of frustration with a lot of things in the world with how people treat each other how people treat the earth the collective ills of society and trying to really look at like what within my own behavior and my own action could have an impact on rebalancing and changing that and definitely if you sit in the forest for 10 days alone you go through a lot of emotional things like a lot and it also gives you a certain like conviction and intensity about like okay I need to do something about these things that are in my mind that are like boiling up and I really need to take action and and to become an aware person of what's happening with the world and how people operate and create systems unconsciously that affect people and the damages that come from those things like what can be done to really transform those things and what can be done in a way that is actually like impactful and not just like fighting against something and I actually didn't really get a clear answer when I was up there other than it came in a phrase of just contribute to something positive that was literally like all that came up for me Uh, and then I came back down and was spending time with a couple of the little kids uh, our friend Chris's daughter Sabina and it was funny I was kind of like in this withdrawn place and I had Sabina with me I was holding her and some woman came up to me and saw Sabina and she was like oh hi and she like lit up she was like super happy I was like wow just having like a little kid with me like lights people up and then we came back into like the meditation hall and uh Radek and Agnieszka's kid friends of ours from Poland came over and started playing my handpan and then another kid came over and started playing the handpan and they created this like little mini orchestra and it was super beautiful and made everyone really happy 
and it made everyone laugh and all of a sudden like things in my mind clicked about how to like oh i gotta teach him how to do this and teach him how to do that and, like show him this kind of thing and i was showing them some beatboxing with the handpan and i was just like wow little kids just activate tremendous positivity in people mm-hmm. and also puts you in a place where you're willing to like be uh sacrificing yourself to create a better world and mm-hmm. to like think about things more deeply and to care for things more deeply I was like, oh, well, that's a really positive thing to contribute to. <laughs> <laughs> so I will contribute to something positive, and I'm going to have a kid. And, like, mm-hmm. and then about 30 minutes later, I was given the opportunity to share my vision. And what I don't think I told Eshel, but I told everybody, which was like 90 people in the room, that I was like, yeah, I think we're going to have a kid soon. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first time that mm-hmm. like it really clicked in a really strong way. Um, and then the last thing I'll share is just when we moved up here, from Brooklyn up to upstate New York and then living with all of you guys full time uh, all the kids around just like seeing the intensely powerful transformative medicine of the kids and how they do just what it was I was explaining and just being able to live with them in a more visceral way just being like wow that's like a non-stop thing that really just activates all these dormant parts of you and they're also hilarious so that's great (laughs) wow that's so beautiful. I feel like I could respond to so many things in that. Um, but yes, I agree with everything you said. And such a beautiful way and conscious way to like come to that place of like affirmation of mm-hmm. stepping into that powerful responsibility of mm-hmm. bringing a little soul into this world and caring for it. So thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, My journey is a little bit similar in the sense that um, I also, when I was growing up, like I would play with dolls and do the whole thing. But every time my mom would ask me or someone would ask me, like, are you going to have your own babies one day? I would always kind of be like, no, (laughs) I'm not even going to get married. Mm. And for whatever reason, that was my M.O., Um, and, you know, like I would I would toy with the idea of like, well, if I did have kids, I want, you know, twins, boy and a girl at the same time, you know, so it's equal. And, you know, I toy with these ideas. But like at the end of the day, when I really like tuned in with it, it was never really like a super strong calling. Mm. Um, and I was actually married before um, Jerry and I were married in, in my first marriage. I was very young and. Um, we moved very quickly, you know, into all of the adulting and I felt like I really missed out on exploring myself as mm. a maiden and I was like, who, who am I? What's my path? What's my mission? And um, so that was ultimately the reason why our, our marriage just we decided to split ways is because um, we wanted to honor that that rite of passage in my life Mm. and I really thank my first husband for that Um, because right after that I really set out on this journey of just extreme transformation and um, you know my birth name is Michelle and during that time I changed it to Ishelle and it was a very beautiful process where I was discovering these like ancient parts of myself and a, um, a big part of it was I felt really called to the birth and death portals. Mm. And I was getting a lot of dreams and visions about 
bringing babies into the world and also people leaving the world. And um, Ichel is the Mayan goddess of the birth and death portals. She's mm. the goddess of midwifery. And there was a moment where I was like, I'm going to go study midwifery mm-hmm. in Central America. And mm-hmm. that felt really super strong calling. And then spirit led me in a different direction. And I ended up in South America studying a slightly different path. But in some sense, still midwifery, just Mm -hmm. for more of the soul than the actual physical beings. Um, And there was a point in that initiation, you know, that several year layered initiation where I confronted a part of myself that um, like remembered somehow a memory of uh, dying in childbirth, like Mm. giving birth and dying and like realizing oh my god there's this huge fear that I have there and like there's a huge blockage and that's what's coming up every time someone asks me like do you want to have a baby no 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 no, I don't think so Mm. um and I remember that being a super powerful time of just like first acknowledging it and then I went into a dieta, which is kind of like a long period of isolation and meditation with um, teacher plants and um, just cleaning and, and learning things. And during that time, I really explored um, kind of the connection that I have to that part of myself, um, you know, and I had an experience in that time where I connected with a soul baby mm-hmm. and it was the first time I really like opened myself to like going there. And as soon as I opened myself to going there, I had a connection and it was very beautiful. Um, and the, the being basically like in a very non woo woo way, like a very like straightforward kind of way (laughs) was like, I am basically just a part of you. I'm your higher self. And I want to manifest in physical form to help further the evolution of, the soul that we are and, yeah. the, and the soul of the planet. Well, I have goosebumps. And it was very, like, the technology of it that mm. was explained to me was very beautiful. And um, I was kind of like, whoa, 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 this is way too much for me all at this time. Like, I was 26, and I didn't have a partner. And I was just like, I don't know if I can handle this right now. And... So in in that communion, we kind of made this like agreement, like the the being was like, okay, well, we can create an astral womb (laughs) and start the gestation process here. Mm -hmm. And um, we can start, you know, downloading some of these these codes from the higher self in and like integrating that into your physical form now. And then when it's time, then you know, I can come as a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we actually like went through a little bit of a negotiation process. And the first there was a proposal of like, okay, a year from now. <laughs> I was like, I don't think so. I don't know. This is still way too much for me. And then the number 33 came up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that feels good. 33. <laughs> 33 is good. It's a very beautiful number. Um and so that was kind of like the arrangement. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
And um, yeah, it was very, I mean, it's very real for me in the sense that it just like, it was very matter of fact and kind of just like, this is the experience. Like there's no denying that this is like the communion, um, communicating with something, you know. And so, yeah, then many years passed. Um, I just continued on my path and then I met Jerry and we fell in love and got married over the span of many years. <laughs> um, and then it, it kind of came up again. You know, we, especially around the timing of the pandemic, mm. we kind of got to this point where we were like, okay, it's clear that we're being asked to go deeper into something. Mm. And, you know, our the way that we approach our relationship is like, it's a monastic practice. Mm-hmm you know that like we're both consciously entering to do work together and at first that work was to explore our relationship and how we can be of service for other people and how we can take what we've learned and share it with others and help you know others grow and learn and build community and have their healing process and so we did that for several years and cultivated that. But then there was just like a point, you know, where it was like, you can't do that work right now. Mm-hmm. And and then it kind of drove us crazy for a little while. We were just like, what are we? Who are we? Like mm-hmm. very existential, like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? <laughs> you know? like. And so, yeah, it came to this point where we we're like, okay, it's clear like we're being asked to do something else. And to go deeper and like we just got married like what is the next step and it was like okay well we we know (laughs) what the next step is and we had talked about it you know ever since his vision quest of what he just shared um we kind of were like yeah I think it's probably going to be good for us if we do that you know eventually but we were kind of just like eventually you know (laughs) when is that going to be and both of us just feeling like resistance for Mm -hmm. sure um and so yeah it came to a point where we just had to really look at that like what is it that we're resisting Mm -hmm. why are we resisting it um and we had several months of just like really deeply discussing you know all Mm. our fears and all the things that like we think parenthood is and why like you know, just really diving into, like, how how we think it might limit us or, like, what we'd have to sacrifice and this and that. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, what we really kept coming back to was, like, this is the next step to our spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. Like, there's certain things that you learn and experience and initiate into that, like, you can only do through that path Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I've heard that from so many parents you Mm -hmm. know like emotions you didn't even know you had or like Mm -hmm. tests that you never thought you'd have to go through and it just felt like okay this is very very beneficial for us as people who are you know committed to our evolution and our growth and also committed to helping other people through initiations and through their own growth that if we never had an experience, how can we sh- how can we help anyone else in that experience? And mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so we kind of made the decision together to just take the leap. Mm. And 
and I'm 33. Mm -hmm. So it also looped full circle where it was like, you know, okay, it is, it is actually (laughs) time. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Mm. Wow. I love, I love the part about how you just put all your fears on the table about being parents and like really spent many months being super real about it and just like hashing through what you thought it was, what you thought it wasn't, and on all these things. I feel like that's probably really therapeutic and beneficial for most relationships, I would imagine. And beautiful that you guys, you know, had that time to to do that. Um, And then you came to the point of choosing to conceive. Do you want to talk about that at all? Like what, I mean, you don't have to get into like real (laughs) intimate details but just like I'm just curious I I know that you guys put a lot of prayer and intention into like I would imagine opening the portal and like speaking to that that spirit and saying like okay it's we're ready for you but do you want to just share yeah I mean a lot of it was really rational Mm -hmm. we had um we had a a meeting in in a prayerful way where we sat down together and sat down with the herbs and with our instruments and called in the spirit and then we just the whole time we just talked through like okay well here's the deal like if we do do this x y and z you know if we don't x y and z and then we're like okay well I'm just getting the insight that it would really help me with my you know anger issues or I'm getting the insight that it would really help us manifest you know the next level of how we want to show up in service in community and you know we kind of would just like rationalize all of these things so that was like the first step in the process and I don't know if you want to share about that part particularly well from my own place where I'm sitting I felt pretty clear that growth only comes through making yourself really uncomfortable and making things really difficult and that unless you're consciously putting yourself in that position then you will be forced into that position (laughs) with some other means that you don't want to have happen and I found that there's something really wonderful about just volunteering to put yourself in a position of discomfort with the intention to grow and better the world and better yourself and become more mature and responsible and when you do that the process tends to be a little bit more graceful as opposed to like you're doing it and you're being pulled by your hair kicking and screaming which I've also been in that position many times too so (laughs) these days I try to uh, stay a step ahead of the game put myself in that position as much as I can and I I mean like you you know of course there's like obviously always going to be some resistance and fear with anything that requires sacrifice but living in community, which I've lived in this community with you guys, been here for 10 years, and for people who don't know me, I'm 31 right now, and the whole training of this community from the first moment has always been about putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation and sacrificing something to step into a larger experience of yourself for the benefit of other people. And so it, that's like a teaching that's been ingrained in me for a decade, over a decade, and I felt really good that like okay this because as you guys know already like the we're encouraged to have kids in our community because of what it does so 
I had a lot of trust for that. And then I had a lot of support from all of y'all who've gone through the process already, Sarah, yourself, and then all of our friends who've gone through the process. And like, I remember, uh, I was talking to Chris, Hey, uh, the day of the vision quest and I came back and he was like yeah you know the world doesn't need more rock stars it needs more good parents <laughs> so like you know just thinking about like the fears and this sort of thing but you're also realizing like okay fear is the direction that you need to go for growth and at the same time whatever the intensity of the process you go through there's like a reciprocation of like positivity and abundance and creativity that comes from whatever you give up and at the same time, marriage is also a similar process with that because, like, I, you know, you can be single and then you don't have to really take into consideration a lot of things that you would if you're stuck with somebody else, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, Shelly. I don't feel stuck with you. <laughs> but uh, when I mean, in the, in the same way, it's like when you are when you're a solely individual entity you don't have to really take other people into consideration in the same way than when you're like deeply entrenched and entwined with uh with other people mm -hmm. and living in community that's a lesson like i've uh just learned really really strongly before being married or having a kid that there's something extraordinarily empowering about uh you know giving up sleep to go help build out someone's basement i'm Last year, I was woken up at midnight out of my bed to go help load lumber into someone's house to build out their basement and then worked for free for months doing so. And it was an extremely rewarding and amazing experience that continues to benefit me to this very day. <laughs> so I don't have any regrets about it, even though it's like there's moments in the process where you're like, wow, this sucks. <laughs> but uh, just having that knowledge from that experience of living in community, being around uh, parents who've gone through the process, hearing what they have to say about it. All the fears that came up for me always felt really superficial mm -hmm. or just not really that important because having gone through these other processes where that sort of insight into how life works uh, has been revealed to me. And our midwife said the other day about how, you know, having kids is all about sacrifice and it's only until you really like are in a position of sacrifice do you really see that like that's when you're really able to like reap the benefits or the rewards of life is when you put yourself in that place of sacrifice. So mm. uh, long story short is like, yeah, there's always a party that doesn't want to give things up. But then if you, if you've been conditioned to do it enough and in the right position enough times, you find that it's really like the most efficient way to get out of a lot of situations. <laughs> <laughs> if I could say too, you know, like the, a lot of the, work in the beginning was kind of like identifying that belief system that mm. oh having kids is all only about sacrifice and giving mm -hmm. something up when I started really meditating on it and talking to other parents and just like thinking about it seeing like there's so many doors that open that we just have no idea like mm -hmm. <laughs> what's on the other side and that these beings when we when we're inviting a whole nother being into your relationship into your life that comes with their own karma and their own mission that that's going to open things that you just have no idea they come with their own bundles and mm -hmm. and to me when I started breaking that belief system down of like oh it's so limiting and it's this and it's that and it's hard you know of course it's it's that at moments mm -hmm. but then the enticement of the adventure and the mystery mm -hmm. of like whoa hold on like this is 
the most shamanic journey you could ever go on you know like, and it doesn't it just doesn't stop you nope. know like, and that to me was like that was like really like hit me and um I started really opening myself to like the possibilities instead of the limitations and that flipped kind of everything because then it was like okay well like what experiences have we not experienced yet that that this could open and you know like there were certain moments where I was like are we coming from a selfish perspective because we're just thinking about how this is going to benefit us and like what we're going to get out of it but it's also of course like you know we are signing ourselves up for the greatest level of service Mm -hmm. that you could give and we know from our path that we walk that that's that's the that's always the key through Mm -hmm. is service Mm -hmm. and so like if there's an opportunity to go deeper into how to master being in service then like we should take that for the benefit of you know our practice and also for that being yeah and I think what it came down to too like I remember asking Jerry and myself like if we fast forward our lives 30 years from now and we didn't have we chose not to have a kid like would we regret it Mm. and I felt like definitely I would Mm. and Mm -hmm. then I was like if I fast forward my life 30 years from now and I had a kid, would I regret it? <laughs> I was definitely like, I don't think I would. I don't think any parent has ever said that. Mm-hmm. And so then that was like, that was the real moment where it was like, okay, so we know we want to do this eventually. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Mm-hmm. And we were just waiting for our fears to, you know, be confronted and for us to just step up. Like really it was just a level, like the, a matter of just, commitment of like we're going to commit to entering into this now like Mm -hmm. and yeah it just felt really like the right moment and then at the same time it didn't and I don't think it ever really (laughs) does feel like like oh we're totally ready let's just do it you know (laughs) but for us it was like okay like it's clear we want to do it it's clear that this is rewarding it's clear that we're going to learn an immense amount and level ourselves up in ways that we don't understand so let's just do it so Mm. so we made that decision and then um that was literally like right like the day after my ovulation Mm. a couple days after and so we were like okay so next month we're gonna just go for it Mm -hmm. and so I started taking prenatal vitamins and I also took, like, some other magical tincture recommended by, I think, you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and just, you know, overall just was in that kind of prayer with my body and just preparing myself. Um, and then, yeah, the next cycle, um, I'm very, very regular with my ovulation. So fortunately, that was very easy. My cycles are pretty, like, straightforward. Um so we we kind of just set up a week of like ritual for ourselves mm. and you know we had several times where we like went and had like a spa time and just prayed together and talked um, and then the day of my ovulation 
we did like a another intentional meditation and we sat down and we sang songs and we um sent a lot of prayers with the cedar and we talked through everything again um and then we did like a very intentional uh tobacco prayer Mm -hmm. um and then we had our our moment (laughs) we took a lot of ice baths too yes we did and saunas (laughs) although we were doing that prior but i think i personally feel intuitively that definitely was very helpful yeah (laughs) um circulation (laughs) yeah and just we we had like a prayer in the bed um, just right before and mm. I just had a really beautiful connection and then the next day we kind of followed up and just did a similar thing mm. um, so it was one of those two days mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. <laughs> we got it and we got it right away it was like first try mm-hmm. I remember having a moment where I like started feeling a lot of cramping I was getting close to my moon and I was like oh no we didn't do it mm. And then I was like, what's the big deal? You just started trying. Like, why are you mm-hmm. in such a rush? Mm. And then the next day I took a test and it was like, oh, you did? <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess here we go. That worked out. <laughs> so the power of um, intention and prayer, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. I always visualized once I, you know, opened myself to that spirit baby and that idea, I always visualized conscious conception mm. and really was kind of adamant of like this is the way I want to go about mm-hmm. it and so I feel really grateful that it you know it worked out in that way mm-hmm. it's really beautiful wow <laughs> you guys are so inspirational mm-hmm. thank you so beautiful I just I loved hearing the balance of like the rational and in some ways like logical like it almost seemed like at one point you were making a pros and cons list and how that's balanced with the really deep inner knowing and inner work that you've done that's just really beautiful to hear okay so you found out very early on that you were pregnant and i'd love to we so we started doing village prenatals here in the community where mabel and i are hosting like a bi-weekly gathering with all the pregnant mamas and I remember our first our first meeting Ishelle had a lot on her shoulders Mm. and I don't know if that was the first kind of like I don't know I'm curious to hear how it felt to actually be like okay I'm I'm through that first door like here we are I'm on the boat I'm not getting off and or maybe you could just share like how things went from that point forward yeah well I mean I this baby since day one has been like deep deeply cleaning and teaching me and it's been like whoa like cracking me open so many ways you know and um that first leg was um a very strong teaching in attachment Mm -hmm. and like uh I guess like getting caught up in our our projections of our communications with spirit Mm. you know um I feel like the big lesson I took from from that first trimester was that 
you know, even though I had this connection with this spirit baby and it felt really clear and all of this, and we have these connections with all things in life. We're always receiving messages, you know, like whether it's from our ancestors or our pets or our, you know, higher selves, um, whatever you want to call it. It's different for everyone, but we, we receive these. Um, the lesson is just how quickly we put our own spin on it mm-hmm. because we want things a certain way or we're attached or just the way that we understand the world. Like, we may not even, you know, be trying to color anything, but just the lens we view things with. Um, because, you know, when I connected with that spirit baby, those many, many years ago, um, it came to me in a feminine form, in a female form. And it was like, I was always thinking, oh, this is my little girl that anchored herself and came in. And so when we conceived, I called her <laughs> and I said, OK, we're ready. The door's open for you. Like, you can come now. We, like, we did the thing and, you know, specifically was, like, calling her and mm-hmm. connecting with that. And um, so the whole first, you know, I guess 11, 12 weeks, I was convinced that it was a girl. And I was visualizing, like, my relationship with my daughter and, like, all these things and who this being was and really connecting on such a deep level with, like, the energetic signature mm. of that being um but in my like human perspective um that was a girl and then we got our blood test and we found out that it was boy <laughs> <laughs> and it was really 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 difficult for me i like you know gender disappointment that's like a thing Mm. you know (laughs) I definitely did research on it and was like okay I'm not weird I'm not (laughs) crazy um it's like just a thing that people go through you know Mm -hmm. where they experience that um for me it was a really deep like it just like kind of shattered my trust in myself Mm. And, like, my trust in the world that I've been navigating and training in Mm. to be able to perceive the subtleties and to connect with spirit and receive messages. And, like, the whole thing just became so, like, woo-woo and fake to me. I was just like, this is all just BS. Like, I I don't know what's real anymore. I don't know anything. Like, it was just a complete, like, dismantling. And, you know, I had to just sit with that for a while, just mm-hmm. like pff, kind of this destruction of like the ego and the self and the identity, which was, you know, um, super good for me. <laughs> you know, we need we need that every like couple of years at least just get completely knocked down like mm-hmm. a pile of cards. Like that's really the spiritual path. That's what it's about. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like don't build that ego up too high. The more that you think, you know. Um, and then once I got through that process, you know, I started just like asking myself, like, why are you so upset? Like, Mm. what's up with that? Like, Mm. why does it matter to you Mm -hmm. so much? And that revealed a whole, you know, many layers of, um, you know, cultural programming and biases around gender and, you know, like, oh, little boys are just dirty and they're, you know, just going to wreck everything. And 
might. Like, <laughs> you know, like, how am I going to ever, like, you know, be able to tell him, share with him how to do this and mm-hmm. that? And it just became this, like, um, observation of all of the, like, belief systems and constructs. And just like, whoa, really looking at like, wow, I'm just totally, I'm totally prejudiced. Mm. And like, I'm totally biased and I'm programmed into this like total separation consciousness Mm. around gender. And like, that's a very big emphasis on the path that we're on is like, you need to let go of that. Like, Mm. that's not real. That's not who we are as Mm -hmm. spirits and as souls like the soul doesn't identify as one thing or the other Mm -hmm. that's the physical world and it was just all very much like wow I just am being really superficial and I'm not being open again it's just all belief systems it's just like what I think the world is Mm -hmm. and or just all these filters like getting just blown off and um, it was this very beautiful process, you know, I mean, being like, what, I mean, who knows what this being's going to be into, what mm-hmm. this person's going to want to experience in life, what they're going to be receptive to me sharing. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've had many friends be like, I had a girl, she hates dresses, she mm-hmm. hates makeup, like, just, you know, she's totally into something else. And it's yeah. it's not what you think it is. And, yeah and and ultimately is that for us as parents like is it is it about us getting what we want out of the child or is it about us nurturing what exists in the child there's this really beautiful book called the carpenter and the gardener or maybe the other way around but it's about like do do we construct this person that we want the outcome to be or do we just nourish those seeds Mm. and let this being be whoever it is definitely that was kind of like the evolution of what that process came to was Mm -hmm. just realizing like that's my agenda Mm -hmm. and that's my projection Mm -hmm. and like that's what I think I want Mm -hmm. maybe that's not what's best for me Mm -hmm. and our friend Aiden uh has been reading a book by Khalil Gibran. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of the book. Maybe you guys the, was Prophet or the something. Prophet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but there's a passage in, passage in there about children. Really, really, really short, but very simple. Uh, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but are not. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. So just a little more there, but I mean, that kind of sums it up, I think. They're not objects for us to own. No way. (laughs) Yeah, and Jerry really helped me through that process, you know. Mm. I remember, like, when we found out, I was, like, freaking out. And then I went outside and told him there was a boy, and I just saw his whole face just light up. (laughs) Like, he's like, really? (laughs) Like, and he got so excited, and that for me was like the consolation prize in that moment. It was Mm. just like, oh, well, like he's really excited. Like, Mm -hmm. I can be excited. Mm. Like, what's the big deal here? You know. And then it took many months to actually get to that point. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, just also we got some advice from our teacher and our. I remember him just saying, like, he's like, spirit 
is going to give you the opposite of what you want to make sure that you don't actually like want like you're not attached to it Mm -hmm. like it's your test like Mm -hmm. if you just get everything you want and everything you pray for like how are you how is how are we going to know that you're devoted Mm. you know it's when you're you're handed things that are difficult or that are not what you expected and you still remain faithful and still trust that that's when like the real medicine is Mm -hmm. and that was you know way easier said than done and I like you know very humbled by that because you know you could be on the spiritual path for many many years and go through many tests like that and still like are not even close to mastering like that actual when it's presented to you Mm -hmm. in a way that you're still attached (laughs) Um, so yeah so I that was a um, really really deep first test and first teaching that like really cleaned cleaned a lot it was just like the initial just cleaning of just all these programs and like things and ego and identity and it's very good (laughs) (laughs) it was very hard and very good and Mm. I can say right now I'm just so excited to meet him you Mm. know and I still think every day like maybe it still is a girl Mm. it's still there (laughs) like it doesn't go away yeah it's just that we acknowledge it mm-hmm. and we learn like, okay, that's your place over there, mm-hmm. you know, in your little corner. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working. I'm still going to keep the focus on like, you know, the reality, the non-illusion. Mm. And like those, those thoughts never stop. Those things never, you know, move, move away. It's part of being human. Mm-hmm. But it's what you're choosing to focus on. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, that was so beautiful to witness you through that. Anything you want to share on that topic, Jerry? I was cool if it was going to be a girl or a boy. I didn't really feel called more in one direction or the other. Having a boy is obviously exciting, but I was I would have been happy if it was a girl. And the whole process of cleaning identity and all of our attachments to things surrounding children seems like a great thing to me i don't have too much more to say about it i'm sure the more deeper it goes the more i'll look back at this moment and wonder why i said that (laughs) as it gets difficult but uh it's no i i i've always i've been approaching the whole thing in a lot of ways it's like the I guess I'll say a little thing about it, which is in some level when I first approached spirituality, my perception around it had something to do with like you would there's some place and state that you can enter free from pain and suffering that is like transcends the body. And the longer that I've studied and listened and practiced things and worked out it and paid attention, the more it seems like it's more about like going deeper and deeper into places of pain and suffering, which and going more deeper into the body. Like, how does that apply to the question you're asking me? It's just something about like using the things in life that you don't want and the things in life that are challenging as ways to like find this more liberated place which is not necessarily like a freedom from pain or suffering but more like an acceptance of it which on some level is freedom of it Mm. and 
so I was approaching having a kid as like, it's just going to entrench me deeper into my reactions. All of a sudden you have to be like, no, don't do that. No, don't do this. Or it, you get caught up in your capacity to want to control every single little thing that happens. And you're uh, at the same time, which is also a necessity in making sure that the person is safe, the kid is safe. So it's not like a bad thing, but just realizing that to get fully entrenched and fully like confronted head on with your reactive tendencies and your desires and your projections and your labels and your belief systems about the whole process as opposed to just trying to distance yourself from it is actually the most effective way to free yourself from those things so it's kind of like to put yourself where you're just like okay I'm totally cocooned by all of this stuff and I cannot escape it like that's really where there's a level of freedom from it I think um so for me, like having a kid came from that kind of philosophy where I was like, you know, if it's a girl or if it's a boy or if it's a giraffe <laughs> or like whatever it is, whatever the circumstances that arise surrounding it, it's exactly what I need. I'm just going to approach it as like this is a vehicle for freedom and service and just to like let go of all of this stuff and to evolve into something more and to just see it as like a opportunity no matter the obstacles that are there and like I said a moment ago I'm sure I'll look back at this moment and kind of laugh at myself for saying all this because it's all easier said than done and there's moments where you're like Jesus this is very difficult mm -hmm. so I've also been trying not to have any illusions about how um, difficult it is to be a parent and I have no idea what it's like and I'm not going to pretend that I do and someone asked me the other day they're like oh you're gonna be a father bro are you excited about it and I was like I'm trying not to get too excited <laughs> I'm trying to stay as neutral as possible so that like when something really challenging and uncomfortable happens just like you know someone decides to poop all over my nice clothing or something like that or at a really awkward moment I can just say to myself well okay, I, I wasn't was, excited so was, it's okay <laughs> it's like I was I'm already emotionally prepared for this so I, that's kind of the approach I'm taking and then when you know things are great it's like wow it's great. Okay, cool. Mm. And then I can, I hopefully can relish that a little bit more. So <laughs> that's been, that's been my attitude and philosophy towards it. I'm just trying to like really use it as a, as a tool for more equanimity and mm -hmm. patience. <laughs> mm -hmm. I just have one little gemstone from mm -hmm. that whole chapter. Mm -hmm. um, one thing that really like kind of came through clear from the spirit of the baby is that um, a lot of the beings that are coming through at this time are much uh, less uh binary mm. like they don't have the same gravity towards one or the other as we have in past generations mm. and that's part of what brought confusion into my world mm. and the baby was like you know like i it still is that spirit baby that mm -hmm. i connected with mm -hmm. and it still is a very feminine spirit. Mm -hmm. I can feel that in the way that it's activated me through my whole pregnancy. Mm. But maybe that femininity was for me. Mm. And maybe it needed to be reflected from a masculine point of view mm. or from a physical masculine form in order for that femininity to anchor in me in a mm. different way. Mm. Because it's softened me and it's opened me and it's like made me flow in a way that like, you know, is anchoring that mm -hmm. in and so it's like the gemstone is that we just so often mistranslate the messages mm. from spirit because they're beyond our concepts 
of duality mm. and that these beings that are coming in have codes and wisdom of things that are coming in the future mm-hmm. that we just don't understand yet mm-hmm. so I'm really excited about that now because mm. I know this thing's going to be teaching me the rest of my life what it is to mm-hmm. hold masculinity and femininity and mm. what it is to transcend that as well you yeah. know so wow love that piece yeah I, I could say I feel like I felt something similar with Cielo where I was mm. fully convinced he was a girl and totally felt all that feminine energy and then Nope, <laughs> he was not a girl. But as Mayu says, or told Shola that the day after he was born, she went up to him and sh- Shola was like, my sister has a penis. <laughs> 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 and funny. and yeah, I totally feel resonant with that. Um, to me, it feels just like a, a capacity to hold both sides in a really... I don't know if balanced ways is the word, but to just like fully embody either either polarity mm-hmm. um, beyond the physical form. Um, you're very close to giving birth, so I definitely want to get into that a little bit. But before we go there, I, I just want to ask if there's anything else in specific, any other messages or um, downloads or or anything that you've received through the pregnancy that that you would like to share? Mm. I feel like that in itself has been also another like mini integration mm. of that first wave. Mm-hmm. It's been very quiet. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to just like pretend like, oh, the baby's always talking to me and giving me messages. <laughs> Even though that's really, really what I thought it would be like. Mm. It hasn't really been the reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I have been like much more in touch with myself Mm -hmm. and with the world around me like I feel a very heightened sense of connection to just life in Mm -hmm. general and the pretty much the only and main message that I get from this baby is like get me in the water as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) so the energy of the pregnancy for me has just been um, very anchored in connecting with the waters and I feel like that's you know, it's going to unfold. I'm going to understand that more as I get to know who he is and what his mission is. Mm. Um, but for now, I think, like, you know, the connection isn't so much there on a, like, a c- communication messages and mm-hmm. this and that. It's more just a visceral merging mm-hmm. that I feel, that we feel with with life you know like I'll just sit outside in the water and just stare at the trees and like listen to the birds and like look at the grass and just everything is just very like very alive Mm -hmm. and it's just been a process of like slowing down and connecting with that Mm -hmm. with that life you know and feeling that that, like inside of me as well Mm -hmm. and I think like I think part of it is like that my, like, the medicine that I really need is just to surrender to the mystery. Mm. And so I think there's a silence there that's mm-hmm. very intentional. Mm. Um, plus, you know, we're we're due to have a Scorpio. So 
the main uh you know mantra of scorpio is to keep silent Mm. and the element is water so Mm. it feels very much like okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're on track but Mm -hmm. yeah i mean there's a lot i could say about you know different parts of it but in general that's kind of been the theme Mm um i just i i'm i'd like you to go more into the surrender theme because you said something to me last night about that and you know the past couple weeks i know have been quite challenging for you Mm -hmm. um would you like to share about that yeah um I feel like I was really, really lucky to have a pretty, like, smooth pregnancy up until just about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, like, I can count those blessings because I'm seeing other sisters go through very difficult first trimesters and, like, things come up. And I remember the first trimester was, like, difficult, but it was also kind of just, like, not that mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. Second trimester was amazing, and I think that set me up for something. Mm. I felt like a superhuman. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I was really, like, the energy was coursing through me, and it was just, a, I just felt really, really great. And then, um, and then things started to kind of slow down, and it was right around the fall equinox when I felt like a very big shift in mm. my physical body. And um, this baby's very quite large (laughs) and heavy and um it's just bringing a lot of weight down onto like my pelvis and my hips and my bones and Mm -hmm. um so I've you know for whatever reason developed a a little bit of an extreme condition Mm -hmm. that's making it so it's like pretty much impossible for me to walk Mm -hmm. without pain Mm -hmm. and oftentimes even sit Mm. without pain um and that wow it's been such a teacher like it's I feel like there's this saying that I really resonate with a lot that I've used to help me through some difficult initiations in my life which is um that pain is the cracking open of the shell of understanding Mm. and I feel like that's exactly what's happening right now is like I'm cracking open just Mm. you know I'm not gonna be able to say this without being emotional Mm -hmm. because that's what's happening is like it's just opening me to every feeling and every Mm. like thing so deeply that's just like everything's just like right there Mm -hmm. um and that was one of my main intentions I remember when we did the prayer right at conception Mm -hmm. I asked very specifically I said I want to open my heart Mm. and that's painful like whoa (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah so these past weeks have been a very vulnerable process you know I'm a very like strong person I have kind of like a hard shell and can you know kind of like be a warrior and get through things and I feel that all just breaking down it's just like mm-hmm. you know pushing me to a limit that is um is humbling me on like a very deep level mm-hmm. um 
And, you know, we say a lot on this path. We tell people whenever we're doing any sort of healing work with them or, you know, any sort of um, guidance. We always tell people, like, it's really, really important to know how to ask for help Mm. and to not be afraid to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just feel like somehow I thought that I had that down <laughs> but I'm like nowhere close you know like that's mm. been the most challenging thing ever just like asking for very simple things mm-hmm. that I want to just do myself mm-hmm. and witnessing the programs in that I'm not worthy mm. of receiving that mm-hmm. or I don't want to be a burden Mm-hmm. or they're not going to do it the way that I would do it. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get done right, you know, mm-hmm. or all these programs that come with that. And, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense why people just suffer mm. because those programs are really scary to confront mm. and to, like, move through and just it's, just, it's like a huge process of just surrender. Mm-hmm. Just like, I can't do it. I'm in pain. I can't physically do it. I'm not strong enough right now. And that doesn't mean I'm a weak person mm-hmm. because I'm crying every day about mm-hmm. everything, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, and all these things that we want to think about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And like, it's just been a huge test for me of just like, can I actually just surrender? Like, I remember, like, when we first started the pandemic, you know, and we were like, okay, like, we're not going anywhere. It's lockdown. We would hear our teacher say a lot, like, can you guys just let go? Can you just stop? Can you just stop it and just be present? Mm-hmm. And uh, Jerry told that, he reminded me of that the other night. He's like, this is a time for you to just stop it. Like, can you just let go, you know? And... It's been really hard, but what I'm understanding is, like, that I'm being given, like, a huge gift right now, because mm. what I'm about to go through is going to require, like, complete surrender, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting, like, a whole almost two months ahead of time to be in that meditation constantly. Like, mm. it's constant. And, you know, I'll just sit in the hot tub or, like, in the bathtub for, you know, hours and just feel that state in my body. Like, okay, I'm uncomfortable right now. Am I resisting it? Where in my body am I resisting it? How can I let go? How can Mm. I relax into it? How can I appreciate that it's there? Mm. How can I work with my body to, like, to relax into it? And, um you know, because I'm not able to do much, you know, I can't cook, I can't go out and, like, do chores. There's just a lot of sitting and meditating. And, like, I've been using that mo- those moments, like, pretty much just projecting myself into the birth process mm. and into the motherhood process and just projecting myself and saying, okay, like, just pretend you're in that place right now like can you work on your breathing can you tune in with your body can you like bring movement can you you know like 
focus deeper and I just feel like it's teaching me like very viscerally because even the sensations that sometimes like I experience in the cramping of my legs or my hips they come in waves (laughs) like they're literally like feel like what I would imagine a Mm -hmm. contraction would be like Mm -hmm. where it's like it's getting it's growing it's growing it's really 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 intense and then it goes away Mm. and then it comes back and so I'm like well this is like not a coincidence Mm -hmm. something there's something here right like it's teaching me something and so I mean for me I like have gone through the normal process of just like First, there's, like, resistance and frustration and just, like, I need to fix it. I need to figure it out. And then, you know, slowly, like, just observing it and just being with it and just listening deeper and just trying to tune in with, like, why is it here? Mm -hmm. You know, why is spirit sending me this? It's Mm -hmm. not, like, here just randomly. You know, Mm -hmm. this is part of a prayer. I'm in a... I'm in a nine-month ceremony like what is this part (laughs) and Mm -hmm. you know then the process of like okay like this is my teacher right now this is my initiation this is my training and so you know in the past week or so I've just gotten to this place of like I just need to surrender like this is just what it is and I also need to trust my body Mm -hmm. that like there's an intelligence here Mm. that like I'm preparing for a huge shift and like a huge opening and that this is part of that preparation in some way you know like I need to trust that once once that passage is complete that things can come back you Mm -hmm. know into into balance and it's like a very deep deep test in trust too Mm. just like okay like this is part of the technology and that my body knows what it's doing and the baby knows what he's doing and spirit knows <laughs> what they're doing and I'm the only one that's trying to like fight it you know mm. um yeah it's it's a really I mean whew, definitely been one of the most difficult things I've faced and I've been through a lot of really difficult stuff you know like I've been in deep pain and like discomfort and rewiring with some of the diets I've done in the jungle. And I remember being in a similar place, but this feels like a different level. And I think it's because, um, I just, I didn't expect it, Mm. (laughs) which is, you know, Mm -hmm. I think what the whole path is about. You know, there you go, and you're like, I'm signing up for, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like, whoa, this came out of nowhere, and this is what I prayed for, but I didn't expect it to come in this way, Mm -hmm. and like, whoa, this is what softening really feels like, Mm. like, it's difficult, Getting tenderized. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but I definitely feel like it's teaching me, like, not just conceptually but like on a visceral level like what it actually means to surrender and mm. i and i think that's going to be 
so valuable for what's coming next like I feel really lucky actually you know Mm. just like wow had like just went through most deep training on Mm. my relationship and my understanding of quote-unquote pain Mm -hmm. and discomfort and how my mind wraps around that and how my mind associates that and stripping all of that down into just like this is sensation Mm. this is opening this Mm -hmm. is tension this is Mm -hmm. experience and like how how to work with that in a in a different way so yeah well i i i think that it's so beautiful that you've taken this opportunity to look at this as training and preparation and and I think the reality is, is that I think there's probably a lot of women throughout their pregnancies who experience maybe not this exact thing, but experience levels of discomfort and was it, whether it be physical or some other level. And just that we all have the opportunity to look, to use that as um, a chance to start putting ourselves into that mindset and practicing those moments of surrender and questioning and and I love what you said of like, how am I naming this experience? I remember when I was pregnant, my mom told me, she was like, I wouldn't ever say that I was in pain. Mm-hmm. And, and she gave birth five times and just having that in my head of like, oh, those those sensations weren't pain. And to not equate that, I think that was such a beautiful foundation for me. So yeah, I think we all have the chance to, I mean, throughout the whole pregnancy to start doing that work um another thing I also just want to go back to a minute of just that asking for help and I I also can resonate with that because looking back pre-pregnancy I saw myself as like a very strong person like I'd be out there with the guys like building the cabins and the sheds and lifting the rocks and the bags and like don't mess with me I'm just as strong as you I can do it I don't need your help yada 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 and like that I remember being that way from a little as a little girl just like that toughness of like I can do this and taking a lot of pride in that and just getting wiped out during pregnancy and just like I can't carry this bag like I just can't I need you to do it and that was so difficult and it's still difficult going back to that like but I really had to go to that place of like okay I'm not weak but like I need your help and I think that is also really profound teaching in like that feminine nature of receiving and I and I see that a lot too in the postpartum time how difficult that is for women to just like receive 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 and I think that that is um just something like the feminine in like the feminine energy of our world and just how that is a healing that that can come of learning how to receive with grace and then when we're strong again we'll we'll go back out there and give it all we got but there's moments of just taking it in and I also just want to say like I feel your heart and like it's just been so beautiful to see you through this and like I just I feel your vulnerability and um I'm just so happy and so excited for you and yeah it's just it's really really beautiful to see you move through this it's like yeah really special you want to say anything well 
you just brought up postpartum and I feel like we have all had um we all had a class together on the basics of postpartum care and why it's so important and what that looks like ideally and I feel like you've had a very sort of unique mindset around it that I haven't heard much that's been really interesting for me I don't know if you just want to talk a little bit about what your relationship is with the postpartum time right now what your plans are for that how you're feeling about everything there um do you mean like specifically around like the care giving or yeah just I feel like you've been able to really embrace like to deeply understand that this is necessary and Mm -hmm. you know you've said like I don't really like these spices or this food but (laughs) if that's what's going to be good for me I'll do it yeah well I mean one of the coolest things that I took from the education on postpartum was the insight that like the the whole structure and makeup of the physical body can get completely reset and shifted and like even down to you know like the Ayurvedic dosha or like the body type you know or Mm -hmm. like the way that we digest or take in foods and that to me was like fascinating like wow like this is a moment in life when you can just like push a reset button Mm -hmm. and um you know I feel like that was like a huge bonus like I didn't (laughs) even know that like when I decided to get pregnant and then when I found that out I was just like this is straight up magic like (laughs) what (laughs) you know and it makes sense I mean like we become these portals for this whole other life form and then that life form passes through us Mm -hmm. it's like a death you know it's a death and rebirth for us too Mm -hmm. and I so I can see how it's that it's that window for the body to just start over and and also I was learning that the baby like imprints its own cells within the body of the mother and leaves it there for up to decades Mm -hmm. and so that to me was like another insight of like why we have that window because we're receiving new information through the DNA of the baby Mm -hmm. and through the cells there um so yeah for me it's just like okay this is an opportunity for me to like really rejuvenate my being and my body and you know, like I've had in the past, like issues with digestion or like things that I would like to change about my diet or, you know, things that um, could could function a little better in my body. And so learning the information of how, you know, taking, you know, certain types of foods after preg- after uh, giving birth and taking herbs and um just giving the body the optimal chance to restructure itself like felt um so crucial like Mm -hmm. and what happens if you don't take that route you know and and just hearing stories of how many mothers just think it's normal to just like have some whack situation in their body afterwards and that's just like that's just what happens you know when really it's just a lack of education of like no you just missed the boat like Mm -hmm. you missed the window and yeah lack of education and a lack of care or support Mm -hmm. yeah so 
I really um, want to take this as an opportunity to just um, follow the instructions <laughs> really, really good and just follow the protocol and look at it as a mini dieta, you know, mm-hmm. but like we have these opportunities to reset and cleanse and we do that in many ways. And this is one of the most powerful ways that we can do it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'm really like feel really inspired and dedicated to just like whatever you think I need, just, you know, just I surrender like I trust you know and like even if I don't like the way the food tastes or even if I really want to eat some ice right now <laughs> you know mm-hmm. <laughs> just like just put myself kind of um take advantage of the training I have in discipline mm-hmm. and you know be in that in that window in that bubble I'm, I'm looking forward to that and I, I'm so grateful for Jerry because he's like really on board with that and he's like I'm not gonna let you have any like <laughs> brownies or <laughs> you're not gonna get any smoothies and, like, you know like <laughs> so he's really mm-hmm. on board and supporting that in a really good way and I feel like he's been my teacher on like the the disciplines and the mm-hmm. practices and things that um you know I really want to do but like it's hard harder for me to like get into the habit of he's really supportive in that and so I feel really like trusting in that process and trusting in all of the support we have in the community you Mm -hmm. know for me to get the care and education that I need and to be able to like practice more receiving and connecting in that way too yeah and I think we're all looking forward to to being there to serve you and to support you for that Um, all right. I, I feel like we've, that was just like packed full of so much juicy wisdom and stories. And I just want to offer any, a chance to add any last thoughts or stories or anything that you might want to share with the audience, people in similar positions, whatever. Can I say let's see uh seems to be a good recommendation to focus on learning just to listen more to people and that's kind of been like a meditation i've had during the process trying not to be so reactive that's what i mean by listening because we can listen but also be super reactive that's not a very effective way of communication. So I asked a former teacher of Maestro Manuel, our current teacher. Uh, I asked her. She came by the other day. Uh, she just celebrated her 50th wedding anniversary and has several kids. And the two words that she said that good things to focus on for a relationship are balance and communication. And... I think learning to listen to one another is a very effective thing that everyone can improve upon that no one really ever fully masters. But the more we can learn to do that, the more just harmonious everything is the more we can see when we're just creating problems that aren't really there and don't need to be there. And it's been interesting with Ishel injuring her leg and having to go more deeper into just like listening. Uh, really interesting when 
you know, you're in like an intimate relationship with somebody and they're in a lot of pain and it's a really great practice on not taking things personally (sighs) because it can feel like a really personal attack if you're not listening. But then if you're able to like take some space and just have some more compassion presence you can realize like oh this person's in a lot of pain this is really nothing to do with me in this circumstance Mm. and uh, even if the content shared is like literally nothing directed towards me it's just that there's something like innate about the way we are especially with really intimate relationships it doesn't need to be someone who you're married to or in love with where we are so reactive to like the most emotional undertones beneath the content of what they say and it's like oh the way you're saying that (laughs) it's like and you just realize like and then you and then you watch yourself doing it later and you're like how can i criticize someone else for doing this when i'm doing it too all the time and but then also just seeing as like this is just another opportunity to free myself from these like addictions and reactions and patterns that just sort of keep me caught in cycles of misery and so yeah it's been a really great process for learning just how to listen more deeply and how to like approach difficult circumstances from a place of more presence and compassion and also just like more realism about things like what actually matters like one of the stressful things that arose within our communication was about getting (laughs) the back of the fence painted that no one sees (laughs) and it's just like you know it's like yeah you know you shall wouldn't be like (laughs) I said to Michelle one day, if we found out you were going to labor, we wouldn't be like, oh, crap, the fence isn't painting. <laughs> we would be like, no, it's okay. This is, it wouldn't even cross my mind. So it's been wonderful in, in placing things in perspective about mm. what actually matters. So mm-hmm. it's been a great opportunity to learn to listen and have more compassion for oneself and others and also just to prioritize things about like what is actually worth investing your energy and time to and uh, – I'm looking forward to everything else that will unfold through it. It seems like uh, there's no doubt in my mind at this moment I've made a good decision. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Michelle. I just, I'm, I'm so glad that you guys took the time to share this really beautiful, inspirational, rich colorful journey that you've been having thus far I feel like people are really going to get a lot out of this and I also just want to put a little shout out that Jerry has his own podcast called Bodhi Speak I do which is if you dig in his vibes right now um, people can find it on Apple yeah it's on Apple and Podbean and Podbean and Ishelle also has a couple albums right mm-hmm. soul codes soul codes soul codes full spectrum medicine full spectrum medicine and you guys have a website yeah it's up and coming okay we're we're planning to launch probably sometime this winter um, awesome. but our collective is called woven visions tribe so. woven visions tribe and we'll put all of this info in the show notes so people can connect and dive in and see more about what you guys are up to because it's really special really special thank you yeah thank you i, I love you guys so much and <laughs> i'm so happy that you're going to be parents soon with mm-hmm. us and 
Can I have little parent parties? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to come back for part two after, I don't know, yes. six months to a year. Definitely. Well, it would be cool. <laughs> I think we'll probably want to do a a podcast on your birth in specific, and then we can do it mm-hmm. if you're interested, and then we can do a... Like the labor process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we can do another one on parenting. Cool. Whenever you're ready. I'm do very excited about the labor process. Mm-hmm. Me too. I feel like it's been a big transformation from being kind of terrified to like really excited. So mm-hmm. can't wait any day now. <laughs> yep. Surrender to the mystery. <laughs> yep. All right. Love you guys. Have a beautiful day, everybody. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. Ciao. protection